Good morning, good morning. Welcome to It's a Religion. We are on the air for a few minutes. Each morning we try and encourage you in your faith, trying to uh, help you see the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ being King of Kings and Lord of Lords. For those of you who do not know him, we try and help you see that uh, the religion of evolution is false. It is a false premise. It's based on false principles. It's based on no science whatsoever. It, it is not scientific in any way, shape, or form. I don't care what the guys in the white coats have to say. It is something that is a detriment to our society. It has caused many, pro many more problems than it's helped solve. Uh, you have people who put their faith and trust in things like that who now say there's 600 different genders say that uh, you know two men getting married is a good thing when it really isn't folks it is not a a natural way to live uh, there is a mental state that happens in people that they pursue things that aren't healthy for them we all do it uh, there are people who do drugs there are people who get drunk every weekend there are people who do a lot of things and in some ways the desire to put your faith and trust in something other than Jesus Christ is simply a desire to follow your own way, to be your own God, to create your own truth and make yourself somehow justified in doing that, somehow justified in your effort. You know, the LGBTQ community, the effort there is simply about justification. It's about justifying their uh, desire to be against God's law or against God's ways, against the ways in which they were created. So you have to accept the way in which they are created as well. So it somehow justifies their position. It somehow creates less guilt in them for going away from the principles of God. And you see this in our society today at work. There's a, a pastor in Canada called Arthur Pawalski. And they are persecuting this man in Canada because he kept his church open during COVID and he wasn't supposed to. Uh, the officials, quote unquote, in Canada, these uh, they're calling them Nazis. I, his brother just goes nuts when they, every time they arrest him. But they arrest this guy for nothing. He spoke at the trucker convention up there and they come and arrest him again for doing what? For speaking his mind. And folks... We need to be very careful because that's coming to this country if we don't fight back now, if we don't put our foot down now and say, no, we have free speech in this country. You cannot do that. This whole idea and premise of cancel culture in this country is an anathema. It's wrong. It's ridiculous. If you don't like what somebody's saying, don't listen. Don't listen to them. You don't have to listen. And... You know, that they tried to do it with Trump in two impeachments. You know, the, both of those impeachments were about trying to cancel him. Nothing else. The, the two things that they tried impeaching him on were a joke. A call to another leader and somehow he said something wrong. Is You know, Joe Biden, if they use the same standard, Joe Biden can be impeached every day. So, I'm sorry. Big diatribe this morning. Anyway, here at It's a Religion, uh, we come to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America to the republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided, but liberty and justice for some. I heard Dan Bongino say that yesterday, that we are a divided country, and that's true. I think we've been divided since the founding. 
And though we claim to be united, we are the United States, the states are united in that we are one country, but that's about it. There's really within this country two nations. One nation wants socialism. They want uh, top-down control. They want to give uh, everybody, you know, wants to give their money to the government and let the government run everything and control their lives. And you have people that want to be free, that like free enterprise, that like uh, being able to pursue their dreams and like being able to raise their children in the way in which they see fit and worship their God in the way in which they choose, not in the way in which the government allows. Our rights do not come from government. Our Constitution says our rights come from God, our Creator, the one who created us. So take that to the bank. That's that's where we're at, folks. And at this in this show, we started in the book of Genesis in January, because I do that every year. I like to start out in Genesis because it's when I return there, it just exemplifies God's creative power. It exemplifies to me the fact that I'm created. It exemplifies to me the fact that there is a purpose to this whole thing, that God did it with an intention to have a relationship with people in his creation. And it just, it shows the fallacy of evolution. It shows the fallacy of soup in a million years, right? That's it, guys. You know, when you look at evolution, that's what it is. It's a bowl of soup in millions of years. That's all they got. And for them to say that all this complexity, all this wonderful stuff came out of that, and you look at the intricacy of the universe, the intricacy of our world, the intricacy of uh, human relationships and the human body and and all this, and to think it just all happened miraculously through evolutionary processes is, it just boggles my mind that people would ever put faith in that. We were reading a book last night on, on starting a, a homestead, and this gal's like, yeah, over millions of years, da-da-da-da-da, you know, erosion, and and I'm thinking, okay, so how big were the mountains then, millions of years ago? They must have been out to Saturn, Right, I, uh, people. I mean, people say this stuff, and I don't even think they really think about what they're saying. They just accept it because a guy in a white coat said it. <clears throat> you know, it, it, it's a religion. When we talk about Jesus Christ, we encourage you to check it out. Lee Strobel is a great example of that. He tried to disprove Christ and could not, and now he's one of his biggest proponents. Check out the information. Check out the history. You know, the Bible is, is a historical document, folks. It talks about the history of the world when we were created. And we believe here it was probably around 6,000 so years ago based on the Bible chronology. And I do not believe that there is a gap in there and that somehow uh, this earth is millions of years old. It doesn't make any sense. Just to just because the guys in white coats say, oh, it had to start 15 billion years ago with the Big Bang and all the stuff was all together at once. You don't know. Nobody was there. All right. The only record that we have is Adam and Eve from the garden. They would be the two people that could tell you what happened at the creation. They walked with God. They talked with God. And they could have passed that down. And I believe that's what we see in the, the information that uh, Moses wrote in those first five books. And we don't know how much of that first book that Moses wrote or was handed from somebody else. We were not there. And that's my, my major premise uh, about this whole thing. I can't prove to you that creation is real. I wasn't there. But the evolutionists can't prove to you that evolution is real. They weren't there either. 
it's all inference. It's all conjecture. It's all based on the facts that we can see today. And the evolutionary scientists will say, oh, you know, because it's this way today, it was this way a million years ago. And that you don't know that because you weren't here a million years ago. So I wasn't here 6,000 years ago to see the creation, but it makes much more sense that someone with an ultimate power, uh, someone with much more ability and knowledge and understanding than me, created all this for a purpose. And it lays it out right there in the Bible. And the Bible is proven out more and more again. The more archaeology uh, comes to bear, the more uh, you just look at our society and where it's heading right now. And look at what the Bible predicts. It, it, I mean, it's coming. So I thank God that, that Jesus is coming back. So we went through all these books uh, up to, we are at the book of Psalms today. We talked about Genesis. We talked about Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, where the law is given. Joshua, where they go in and take the promised land. Judges, where Israel's up and down and up and down. And Ruth, uh, how she was faithful uh, throughout the process. And again, all this stuff is a, really about the family that Jesus Christ is going to come through. The whole Old Testament, when you break it down, is about Christ. From the fall in Genesis, it becomes about Christ, the seed of the woman. So, uh, first and second Samuel, uh, we look at the kings, uh, the beginning of the kings of, of Israel, and then first kings, second kings, first chronicles, second chronicles, are the ups and downs of the various kings, the evil ones, the good ones. Uh, notice how there's more evil ones than good ones. Uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther all uh, are prophets to talk about the return of Israel from captivity in Nehemiah. Uh, Esther basically saves her people from destruction. And then the book of Job is kind of an anomaly in there where it's just a story about this guy and his faithfulness and the fact that, that God allowed everything to be taken from him and yet he remained faithful. And it's just a, a story within the story uh, or a, a historical account within this historical account that God has given us of the Bible uh, to show faithfulness, to show what faithfulness looks like. And then God blessed him in the end. So we don't know anything else besides Job uh, about that, or about Job besides that. And then we come into the Book of Psalms. The Book of Psalms was written uh, by lot by David, some by some other folks, and it's just a collection. Uh, some call it poetry. Uh, I just call it. You know, there's a lot of uh, things that Christ refers to in Psalms. There's a lot that refers to Him coming someday in Psalms. Uh, Psalms is full of encouragement, full of uh, some angst. Um, you get to uh, Psalm 119, and it is it is just uh, amazing, right? I mean, it's it's the longest book in the Bible, 176 verses, and it just really lays out uh, God's law in, in a beautiful way. Blessed are they, are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And I would say the law of Christ at this point, right? For us, especially us Gentile Christians. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with a whole heart. They also do no inequity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts, precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with the uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy judgments, thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? 
by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With thy whole heart I have sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word I have hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. And it goes on from there for another hundred and some verses. But the Psalms is, is fantastic. My wife has been uh, reading Psalms 33, which I'm going to get to here quick. A very encouraging psalm. Uh, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely in his sight. Praise the Lord with the harp. Sing to him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. You know, many of these used to be sung. Uh, and still are by some folks. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loves righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, and let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the heathen to naught, and makes the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. And right now, you know, at one point, the United States, I believe, uh, was blessed of the Lord, was a nation whose God uh, is was the Lord. And I think that is in its waning days. The Lord looks from heaven and beholds all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looks upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioned their hearts alike and considers all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse's vein is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. And so I encourage you to read through the book of Psalms. It's a, it's a, it's a great read. I mean, even just reading, dwelling on Psalm 119 for a time uh, would not hurt anybody. And it's a, it's a like I said, it's a education. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful thing. There's much prophecy in Psalms. There's much encouragement in Psalms. There's much to glean from Psalms. It's a record of sorts in some ways uh, of the heart of David who was a heart after God. And it's, again, it's, it's a beautiful thing, I think. So flip into the news for a minute. Uh, court freezes $8 million for freedom convoy raised on Give, Send, Go. And the Give, Send, Go people said, hey, forget you people. Um, you don't have any authority over us. And so it's going to be interesting to see that, that fight conclude. But it's interesting to see the governments trying to fight back against this stuff, trying to maintain their power and authority and trying to circumvent the will of the people instead of just dealing with it. Instead of, uh, you know, the Franklin Grammer calls truckers modern day version of Paul Revere, police rough up elderly convoy supporter. And uh, this whole thing with the truckers in Canada has become a calling, a calling to people who love freedom. 
Democratic governor offers heavy equipment to move truckers in Freedom Convoy blocking U.S.-Canada Bridge. So I'm sure that's Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan because that's causing some issues, I'm sure, in the state of Michigan. I'm going to be over there next week um, in the Detroit area. That's where the home office is for the company that I work for. But then you got all these Democrat governors dropping mask mandates ahead of toss-up races and ahead of the election. So they're finally getting the message that people are sick and tired of this stuff. And they realize they're going to get their heads handed to them in the election. And it's it's such a joke, people. Uh, you know, I'm when you can't see through what people are doing in reality... You know, Governor Pritzker in Illinois comes out and says he's about the science and he's about taking care of people. And yet you can't find one mass study that really shows that it it helps anything to any degree. When you uh, especially do that to kids and it's, it's horrific. And the only thing that I can come to the conclusion on is that's the teachers unions trying to get their way and somehow protecting their teachers, employees in these situations when everybody's going to get this thing. There's very few people who have gone through this whole thing and not gotten it. You know, you have to be really, really, I don't know, living in a cave probably to not having got this, at least in the form of a cold. So all the mass mandates are going. They haven't got rid of the shot yet. But hopefully that's next because it's really sad that people would put their faith and trust in scientists that don't even treat anybody. And what I mean by that is this whole time, Fauci and the CDC and people like that, that that is top-down control, people. They didn't listen to the people on the front lines, the doctors fighting this thing, saying, look, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, these are good things. We're using them as therapeutics. As long as you give them the right mix of stuff in the front end. I mean, Dr. Zaleko treat, has treated 7,000 patients and only three have died. That is 0.0004%, folks. So if you had a rate that's that low... Don't you think that scientifically it would make sense to follow what that guy is doing? But yet he's shunned. He is marginalized. And people turn to Fauci, who sits there with all his money in his bank account and all his money that he's able to give away to these doctors and holds it over their head and goes, you will follow what I tell you to do or else. You know, you had... a some charter that they came out with early on in this thing that said, look, this is the way we need to approach this. And Fauci and his boss both quelled it right out of the gate. And I don't know if it was because they were lined up to make a ton of money off of this uh, pharmaceutical shot, this mRNA shot that they had already developed and already produced and had ready to go long before I think Trump even even pushed him to do it. All Trump did was, was open the door to this emergency use, and I think he got duped on that one. I really do. They should have never opened the door to these shots. That was that is ridiculous that they even went there. And yeah, there might be some heinous things behind it about trying to uh basically kill people. I think some people would like to do that. Bill Gates has basically been open about that. 
But the whole thing has an evil intent to it, folks. And where does evil come from? It doesn't come from God. Uh, it would, Satan is the author of evil, the author of lies. And why God allows that to happen, I don't know. I, I don't know why evil exists in the world. You know, you can complain to God all you want about it, but it, the fact is it's here. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that if you didn't know evil and hate and things like that, you wouldn't know true love and true goodness. Because there's a con there's always a contrast there. Good and evil, bad and, and good. So with that, if you really think through the whole equation, what is really going on here? It's not about a process or a thing that you can do in this life to fix everything. We were watching a, a show last night, Giuliani and, and Bernie Carrick, guys in New York that, that reduce crime by quite a bit. And there are systems that can help with that. But the bottom line is, where are people's hearts? Where are the hearts of this society at? Is it to get the right Instagram look? Is it to get enough people following me on Twitter? Is it a, a, to get enough people viewing my Facebook page? Or is it about serving others? Is it about being a dad, being a mom, being a family? Because I'll tell you, folks, I think that's, that's the biggest detriment that's happened in our society over the last 30 years, 40 years, maybe 50 years, maybe 60, probably since the late 60s. The creeping uh, dissemination of the family. And now a family can be just about anything. You and your two dogs make a family. Uh, you know, the desire of many gals in our society is not to be a wife and a mom, but to have a career and to be a man, basically. And yeah, I, I say that you can chastise me all you want, but uh, it's it's a sad thing. And I think, you know, while some women seem to uh, really get kicks from that or, or feel encouraged by that or what have you at the end of the day you weren't made to be uh the laborer you were made to help I, i'm just telling you if, if you were created and you were created as a help meet for your husband your future mate and yeah the world's been full of ups and downs with that whole thing over the years i don't agree with david having 300 400 wives whatever he did and solomon the same thing that is ridiculous but at the same time, you know, Christ said a man should leave his parents and cleave to his wife to become one. And that's the way in which God designed things to be. Now, there may be situations that that doesn't happen. Christ said some are given a gift of celibacy or given a gift of um, not being in that position, but that's not the normal. Just like uh, LGBTQ things are not normal, folks. It's not the normal way to be. And you can claim all you want it's normal. You can claim all you want. Everybody should be able to love who they want to love. But if you believe in God, if you believe in his word, you can't physically believe in that. And sometimes I go by these churches when they talk about, oh, we're an accepting an open church and da-da-da. And yeah, we should accept everybody, but we should be honest with them. Just as the man committing adultery on his wife I would give him and say, look, you need to stop doing that and be reconciled to your wife. I would have to say the two guys that think they should be able to get married, I would go, no, guys, you're getting this wrong. You need to seek God and change your ways.
the guy who's getting drunk every weekend and uh, being mean to his family. You need to change your ways. There's a lot of things out there that are like that. And so either, again, you have two choices in this life, folks. Either you're putting your faith and trust in Christ and God and the Bible, or you're not. Or there's something else that you're filling your life with. If you're a Mohammedan, uh, stop. Muhammad was not a prophet, folks. He was he was a guy that, that just wrote a bunch of stuff down from things that he supposedly heard. And many of which were wrong and they've you know subsequently had to eliminate from his writings but it was a religion of i believe evil it was founded on evil principles people were forced into it just like they are today and some people have tried to modernize it just like uh communism in china has been modernized because they allow free enterprise and capitalism. If they like people or if you know the right person, you can have a business over there, or pay off the right politician. But that's kind of all around the world. And face it, folks, people are sinful. People have a sinful nature. The government is not above the law, even though it is and acts like it. But they're supposed to be our servants. We pay their salaries, folks. And I know in this country, we need to we need people that are willing to shrink the size of the federal government. And it's gotten way too big. And I think that's that's where I'm at at least. But hey, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up. This is Ehud Son of Dennis. And this is it's a religion. Go forth, put your put your faith and trust in the right place in Jesus. That is the only place that that you should have a full, complete trust in anything, in anyone. Everyone else will fail you at some point. And forgiveness is key to that when people do. But with that, hey, go have a great day. If you don't know Christ and you want some help with that, email us at ehud at itsareligion.org, and we'll be happy to help. But just know it's another day that you can choose to follow Christ and his ways. So be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on the porch swing. The summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if I still got breath in these lungs. And that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama.